That's pretty uh, pretty neat story, isn't it? You think of Baylor, you know, they just won, was last week did they win? The national championship was last weekend, and here you had two Christian colleges featured in the biggest stage, uh, I mean, millions of viewers, just an unbelievable thing that uh, God would do and put them in that place. I want you to know today, in your faith and in this culture we live in, which would kind of put, put us in the back, back seat there, uh, how God puts his name front and center, and it's an awesome, awesome thing. If you have your Bibles real quick, I want us to turn to uh, John chapter 20, and we're going to start in verse 19. And kind of as we're putting this together, I wanted to title this today, Overcoming Spiritual Paralysis. And I think for us in our lives, um, you don't have to have a show of hands here, but many of us here probably felt paralyzed spiritually in life and just kind of dead in the water, so to speak, and not feeling like you're moving, not feeling like you're going anywhere, and quite frankly, you really don't want to go anywhere. And, uh, and I, this week is going to be kind of a, a repair week. Um, the disciples, we just had, you know, Palm Sunday that other week. It was all exciting, and things were happening. Jesus goes into the temple. He makes a mess and gets mad at everyone there, and, and lots is going on. He restores. He heals. He does lots of stuff. And then at the crescendo, him dying on the cross and then him being risen from the grave. What an amazing thing. But what we forget about is what the disciples had to deal with now, the aftermath of it. Anybody ever deal with the aftermath of stuff now? So now Jesus is gone. Jesus is, uh, the disciples have no idea what to do. So putting ourselves kind of in this picture here is a really important thing. And it says this in verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That Sunday evening was a very obviously, uh, just looking at what they did there, what the disciples were in, they were behind locked doors. How many have felt like you're behind locked doors before, right? They're, they're behind locked doors. They're scared. They have no idea what's going to happen. They say, man, if they can get away with doing this with Jesus, how many of you would have felt the same way? I mean, folks, I would have been behind two double locked doors myself. I'd have been three locked doors. I would have checked everything. I would have put the bar in front of that. I would have done everything there. I would have been scared. Max Lucado writes this, Biographies of bold disciples began with chapters of honest terror. Fear of death, fear of failure, fear of loneliness, fear of a waste of a life, fear of failing to know God. How many people in here have been afraid of something before? And Jesus comes in that, in the middle of the fear. I believe that one of the, the greatest things that we'll ever deal with in life is fear. I think it's extremely paralyzing. We're afraid of something. Maybe in relationships, we're afraid of this person or this situation. Maybe at work, whatever it is. But we're just overcome with a complete fear. And there is spiritual paralysis going on. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes in, and I love what he does there. He, um, why don't we turn real quick back to John chapter 14. 
I think many times for a believer we forget the very power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit lives within us. In other words, the power that we get is not over there, it's not over with this person who is more powerful or this. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. The Bible declares that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. John 14, verses 16 and 17, Jesus speaks of this Holy Spirit. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't know Him. But you know Him because He lives with you and later He will be in you. And now in that situation where Jesus is gone now, the disciples go, how can we do anything? The Messiah is gone. Where is life going to be? The word advocate there, and by the way, maybe you already know this, the word uh, Holy Spirit for Him, the word He gives from an advocate is counselor. How many here need a good counselor in your life? I need a good counselor. We need good counseling. I love what John Eldridge writes about this, by the way. If you have never had counseling in your life, maybe a good time to start, right? John Eldridge writes this, How would you feel if your spouse or a friend said to you, I think you need some counseling, and so I've arranged for it. You start tomorrow... It'll probably take years. I've got five bucks that says you'd get more than a little defensive. The combination of our pride, I don't need any therapy, thank you very much, and the fact that it's become a profession, Freud and Prozac and all that, has kept most of us from realizing that, in fact, we do need counseling. All of us. Jesus sends his spirit as a counselor. That ought to make it clear. In fact, we apparently need quite a lot of counsel. The spirit isn't just stopping in to give us a tune-up and not even an annual checkup. He has come to stay. Folks, for you and me in my life, I want us to kind of really, this isn't going to be a rah-rah message. This is going to be a healing. This is going to be a message of maybe some tears. This is going to be a, an introspective kind of moment where we say, hey, God, I need you to work some things in my heart. We don't just need a tune-up. We need counseling going on every day in our life. Folks, I've surrounded myself with some good counsel. Can I get an amen there? And if you are not receiving counsel in your life and words of wisdom and knowledge from people, there are some people that might want to speak into your life that God has brought through the Holy Spirit to give you counsel. And by the way, it's not just good advice. It's not just some good tips. It's things that we glean from so that the fruit of the Spirit may be developed in us. Folks, I want us to rip past this idea that if you're going to counseling or if you need counseling in your life or if I need counseling, that that somehow is a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. That's the healthiest thing in life to realize today that saying, hey, I don't know everything and I need some help. Amen. Turn to someone and say, I need some help. So church, especially evangelical community, is really good at, we're really good at putting a veneer on things and putting a shiny face and a smiley face. We're kind of independently focused, get it done. We don't want to shed tears. We don't want to show emotion. And even as I was writing this last night and working through things and kind of finality of it all, I was really just in a bath of tears, if you will, just going over it, understanding it. God, please minister to me in my heart, God, my defense mechanisms and my bitterness and my fears and my worries and my doubts. Work in me. Folks, this Bible isn't just to prop you up and to kind of 
amen what you're already saying. The Counselor is going to speak into our life and identify certain things and say, this is what needs to change. Anybody need any change in your heart today? He goes on to remember the purpose of this thing called the Christian life is that our hearts might be restored and set free. Jesus appears to these disciples and do you know what He does to them? He doesn't preach them this big message. He doesn't rebuke them for having a locked door. Did you see Him rebuke them? In fact, what's really neat about Christ and what He's done, what Christ does and what He becomes to them is you know that verse in the Bible that says He stands at the door and He knocks? You know what's so cool is Jesus didn't knock. <laughs> so one time you see Jesus not knocking. You know what Jesus does? He just shows up. So Jesus didn't say, hey guys, let me in. Hey guys, can you unlock this? Let me in. No, Jesus actually appears. The Bible says suddenly Jesus is there. He speaks peace to them. The first thing He does is He speaks peace. Right now, today, you might be needing some peace in your heart right now. Behind locked doors, mentally, you're scared, you're dazed, you're confused, and I want to speak peace over you and me today. Psalm 13. David had three times where he says, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long? Turn to somebody and say, How long? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? David Jeremiah writes, David is frustrated for two reasons. He's frustrated because his own emotions. He says, every day I go through this. Every day I must deal with this. Each morning, we must rise up and face our challenges. And the same ones are there. Every day, rain, shine, summer, winter, spring, fall. How many got some challenges that have been there for a very, 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 very long time? James Montgomery Boyce writes, he wrote a commentary in the book of Psalms, said the third time David asks how long, he refers to a combination of what we would call dark thoughts and uncontrollable emotions. When we no longer sense that God is blessing us, we tend to ruminate on our failures and get into an emotional funk. And when our emotions take over, it is always hard to get back on a level course. Did you catch what that coach said? He said, without Jesus Christ, my emotional highs would be too high and my lows would be too low. How many have been there before? Just completely out of balance. You're frustrated because the events are waves. They keep coming and they keep going. They're uncontrollable emotions we no longer sense that God is blessing us. It's something that's so important for us to recognize. David Jeremiah, David Jeremiah writes, you no longer are dealing with the problem. The problem is dealing with you. Isn't that true? I think for all of us in this place, there's times in our life where the problem starts dealing with us as opposed to us dealing with the problem. And I love... So much commentary. I'm going to be reading a lot of different authors and things, but I really want us to focus on these things that happen to us. And Richard Foster writes, I would like to offer one more counsel to those who find themselves devoid of the presence of God. It is this, wait on God, 
Wait silent and still. Wait attentive and responsive. Learn that trust precedes faith. Faith is a little like putting your car into gear. And right now you cannot exercise faith. You cannot move forward. Do not berate yourself for this. But when you are unable to put your spiritual life into drive, do not put it in reverse. Put it in neutral. Trust is how you put your spiritual life in neutral. Trust is confidence in the character of God. Firmly and deliberately you say this, I do not understand what God is doing or even where God is, but I know that He is out to do me good. Folks, I want you right now in life, today is not going to be a go charge and conquer day, okay? Let's just not do that. Because I know Easter Sunday was great. He arose victorious for more than conquerors. We have all those kind of verses. But I want us to really see what Jesus does here. He doesn't throw them out the door and say, guys, why is this door locked? Get your business together. No, Jesus says, peace I give to you. He breathes the Holy Spirit over them and starts to speak to them the blessing of God that not only has the Father sent Jesus, but He is also sending them. But I want us to see something here really quick. Don't put your car in drive. How many of you, you kind of drive through life and you start to make decisions? How many of you just made decisions on the whim and you said, maybe I shouldn't have been so quick in making that decision? Maybe it's a conversation or whatever. You, you, be slow to speak, the Bible says, right? How many is it hard to do that one? So we put the car in neutral. If I could see this right now, I would love all of us in this body today is to not put our car in reverse because that's where backsliding comes in. We back away from the problem. I don't want you to feel like you have to conquer all your problems. Here's where I want us to be. Get this picture for your soul care right now is to put your car into neutral. In fact, Sandra, you want to come up here and start playing? She's going to help us get into neutral. Please picture this, by the way. You have some average men who were just with Jesus three and a half years and they experienced some of the very coolest, coolest things that I've ever seen. Some of the greatest experience they faced just feeding the 5,000. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Jesus and the situations in life? The blind man, he spits in the clay and the man is healed. Can you imagine seeing that? Can you imagine seeing Lazarus as he called Lazarus forth? All these beautiful things that Jesus had done. And now within a matter of hours, these men are completely lost and not having a clue on what to do. And maybe you're lost right now. And maybe your car has been in reverse and you're like, I'm backing away from that thing. I'm backing away from that situation. Or maybe you're just going to drive forward. You're just going to plow ahead. I am probably more the plower than the backer-upper. Do we have any plowers in here? But it's not the time to plow. It's not the time for you to get things right. It's not the time for accomplishments. It's a time of trust. Jesus speaks peace to them. I pray this peace to your hearts today that isn't a time for plowing ahead and conquering. This is a time of healing. I want us to close our eyes. For a moment right now, I want us to, to think about some things in our head and in our mind. I want us to, to quiet ourselves and to gather ourselves. You know, your Bible and my Bible declare for us that we are to meditate 
day and night. And that meditation is not for some New Age guru so that you and I can start floating through the sanctuary here. As we meditate, we are centering ourselves on the Word of God and what He is doing. And today, maybe your car has been driven over and over again. The gears have been smashed through. You've plowed through things. Maybe it's been in reverse and you're trying to get away from this whole thing as quickly, as quickly as you can. Folks, I don't want you to berate yourself right now or condemn. What I want you to do right now is to be in the moment where you say to Christ, Lord, I trust you. I trust you in the middle of the storm. I trust you to heal my emotions. Today, maybe you haven't even looked. Your emotions, you haven't maybe cried in a year. You haven't sensed joy or peace. You've just kind of just gone through it. And I believe today that God will also heal emotions and heal pain and setback. Maybe today you've been holding bitterness and unforgiveness and that's what's been driving you. God is asking you just to put that gear shifter into, into neutral and trust. Maybe God is calling some things to your mind. and Maybe this is an exercise you haven't practiced in your faith. Today is not tips and tricks to a more successful home life or business. It is simply knowing God and being hidden in the palm of His hand. I want you to allow Jesus to breathe into you just as He breathed into His disciples, that Ruach, the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. It's not to solve problems. Today isn't solving problems day. Today is to get it in neutral. You know, we think of that word Sabbath, and the Sabbath is rest. Maybe we need rest for our souls right now. Being in the church so often can just be about driving things and doing things. In really so many cases, it should be a, a place of rest. And maybe you just utter this with me right now. You just simply say, Lord, I trust you. Will you say that with me? Lord, I trust you. I trust you with my heart. I trust you with my emotions. Holy Spirit, heal me. Heal those dark places. Heal those moments that I have not forgotten. Father, 
I take my foot off the gas. And I put my car in neutral. I trust you. Amen. You know, the Bible declared in that moment that suddenly Jesus is standing among Folks, I want you to know today the promise that God has for you and me is that he never, ever, 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 ever loses sight of us. Don't ever forget the precious promise that he is as close as the mention of his name. He breathes on them revives them. Do you know if there's one thing that I pray for the church is that the church should be revived. I pray that the house of God would be revived, that we would be excited about the things of God. And he speaks over them and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. You know, it doesn't say that they were filled with confidence. It didn't say that they were filled with this. um, They were filled with joy. And that's where the joy of the Lord is our strength. He revives them. He speaks into them. And the plan that never changed and it continued. He says this, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You know, one of the things that is beautiful in our life is that as Christ moves in us, as he breathes in us, as he blesses us, he commissions us. In other words, he doesn't just leave us there. And he won't leave you in the situation you faced. He said, Hey, by the way, guys, just as the Father's sending me, I am sending you. Now, that's a huge implication there that Christ, here they just got through this week of seeing all the horror that they saw. And yet Christ was pouring into them strength so that they can move on ahead. Folks, I don't know what the future holds for all of us in here. I don't know what next week holds. I don't know what the next hour holds. I don't know if you know this. No man's guaranteed tomorrow. But I do know this is that God is sending us and that he's commissioning us. I believe that every person in this place is called of God. Henry and Richard Blackaby write in their book, Spiritual Leadership, his concern is not to fulfill dreams and goals. His purpose is to turn his people away from their self-centeredness and obsession with the temporal material concerns and draw them into a relationship with himself so they are instruments for accomplishing his purposes. Folks, I've shared this before in my own life, and me and Anna had gone through a, when we were first married, we went through a financial stewardship course together, and when we were first married, we were broke, we didn't have anything. You know, like the next married couple, there's not much there, we were just in love. And the only thing that I had at that time that was of any value, they said, you know, one of the things that they did was they said, anything that you have of value, take a moment in this financial stewardship course to say to God, God, it is yours. And so the only thing that I had of any material value in that moment was my wedding ring. And and that moment, symbolically, I took the ring off and I said, Lord, I even give you this because you're the most important thing to me. Last night as I was sitting there and realizing that I wanted some reviving in my own life and in my own soul, I was thinking about the things that were of value to me now because things have changed. Done things, more things, whatever it is. But it's still all the same, isn't it? And so I thought of those material things that I thought were of value to me 
and of concern to me. And I put my head on the book and I said, Lord, I give you those things. I give you the business. I give you the church. I give you our investments. I give you it all. It's yours. God, whatever you want to do with it, it doesn't matter. I am not going to be someone who says today, every dream you have, this isn't about you obsessing on you. This is about us becoming obsessed about God. It is not about a self-centered obsession with the things of my life. It is me giving my life over to Christ. Jesus declares to pick up your cross and follow me. Mark Sayers writes, The Word of God invites us into an unfolding cosmic drama of which we have always played a part. Even without being aware of it, our childhood experiences, our triumphs and our tragedies, all are a part of God's shaping in our lives which are more importantly about the shaping of his story. When we understand that our lives are not a random collection of experiences, but rather a part of God's grand drama, we discover that we are gifted by God, blessed with talents and treasures, not for our own ends, but as resources to contribute to his plan to redeem the world by his word. Every one of those disciples, when he declared at the very end there, he said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And there was going to be more waiting. In fact, the weeks to come, we see the disciples that were going to be waiting in the upper room. There's the great commission that God gives them. God, God speaks and appears to them over and over again to build them up and to remind them and to give them confidence and to give them purpose. Folks, I want to declare to you today, as you put your life in neutral, do not berate yourself. Allow God to heal some things in your life. And don't ever, ever, if you are going through things and frustrations, Man, open your life up to good counsel. Get good counseling, folks. One of the most powerful things when we went through is deliverance and inner healing is beautiful because there were things that I needed inner healing for in my life. I think one of the greatest things that you can do as far as counseling is say, well, man, I don't have time to get to a counselor all this. Well, yeah, you do. You can go call someone, call your pastor, call, call a leader, call Jim, call my dad, call my mom, call Ann, call someone. Get some good counsel. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, one of the things that's great counseling for me on a daily basis are books. I love books. Books are great. I was going through the books last yesterday, scanning them in and different things. Books are fantastic, man. If you're dealing with certain things, look up a great Christian author. I'll give you some names. Grab a book, read it, ingest it, take it in. Get some good counseling. Especially in this anxiety-driven world. You know, we're so quick to kind of go through our feeds in the day. That's not good counseling, folks. We need good counsel. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? And this morning, maybe God starts to heal some things in your life. But I first and foremost want to declare today, if you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I never ever not want to add this invitation to say, if you don't know Jesus Christ, He's not in your heart. And you want to know Him. Today is that day that God is speaking to you. And He loves you and He died on a cross for you. And if you were the only person here on earth, He would have done it all over again for you. God has a great plan for your life. And as you surrender to Him, know that He will do great 
and mighty things in you that you don't know about. That God has a calling for your life and a purpose. And today might be the greatest healing of your life, and that is this, to know that every sin in your life is forgiven. To know that this Savior, Jesus Christ, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, says to our sins that they are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. That they are as separated from God as far as the east is from the west. That He remembers them no more. That He gives you a new heart. And He gives you destiny. That what the enemy meant for evil, God does turn to good in your life. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're even watching on YouTube, maybe you're right here, and you say, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Shall we all pray this prayer together? Dear Jesus, Thank you for your plans for my life. I give you my heart today. I ask you in. Lord, thank you for forgiving me and for giving me a hope and a future. That God, there are big plans, not just in this life, but in heaven. Thank you, God for all that you're going to do in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today you have put the car in reverse. You're backing up as quickly as you can, or maybe you're just putting the head down and driving forward. And the last thing you have thought of is to say, man, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, wanting to speak counsel and healing to my heart. Maybe you've got some pains. Maybe you're unraveling. And this is a moment of trust right now for you. You just pull it all back. And you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in your mind and in your heart. And you're saying, man, I, I need the breath of God in me right now. I'm out of breath. This isn't about whether you're a believer or not. You are just simply stating the facts to say, God, I need you to breathe into me. I need you to breathe into my heart and into my mind. Today, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. These aren't magic prayer formula things. It's just a way to recognize what God is doing right now. I want those of you who raised your hand, all of us, to, to pray this together. Dear Jesus, breathe into my heart right now. Breathe into my mind. Breathe into my spirit. I pray that you heal me, God and touch me and make me whole again. Help me in my emotions, the heartache, the pain. God, I pray that you would just restore me. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, I know this was not a rah-rah day, but I can't tell you just even going through it last night what I just 
I mean, it was just crazy just allowing the, the Lord to, to work in my heart. And maybe if you could just maybe for a moment put aside your ten things you're praying for and ten things that need to be accomplished and the rhythms that we create and get into our ruts and allow the surgeon, the counselor, the Holy Spirit to truly speak into our hearts and to heal us. I think it would go a long way in the future as we disciples of Jesus Christ get healed properly. You know, I was thinking about scar tissue and I read a whole thing on scar tissue yesterday about how, you know, the, the, the body will produce that and it's not healing properly. And I think many people in life have scar tissue. They, they're not bleeding per se, but they've just got this alien almost on them that's not healing properly. And I think we need proper healing in the church as we go forward. But I just want to pray a blessing as you allow God to speak into your heart and your life this week. Father, I, I thank you, Jesus, for the work you're doing in your church. That you have a great plan and you have a great purpose. And behind closed doors of our hearts, God, as we've battened down the hatches, so to speak, and we've closed the blinds down and we've tried to keep ourselves safe, God, you don't wait outside, but you jump right in the middle of it and you speak to us and you bless, to, bless us. And God, you carry us into the next phase where you want us to be. God, I thank you that this journey, by the way, is not accomplished in a year. It's not accomplished through a discipleship class. It's not accomplished because we went to church this particular Sunday. It's accomplished because we are daily giving our lives over to you. We become living sacrifices and we allow you, God, to teach us, the great teacher, the counselor. God, thank you for your correction. Thank you for your word. God, we allow you to do what you need to do in our hearts and our minds and our bodies. And it's in your name we pray, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. 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 Love you so much this morning. By the way, if you need any prayer, counsel, or anything, let us know. We want to pray with you today. But uh, we've got an awesome treats out there. Isn't it great to see my mom walking? That's a good sign to see my mom walking back there. So I love you guys. By the way, Rod, that was awesome, that story you shared. Like, honestly, man, give it up for Mr. Rod here. This stupid... I, you know, when you, you, you think you get to know people, and I know he shared some of that stuff, but I didn't remember all of that. Those are, that was really, really cool. So really awesome stuff what God is doing in and through his people. But I love you so much and have an awesome week. And make sure you guys sign up for all that's going on, and we'll see the youth this week. Take care.